Okay, guys, we are back with Kilo Trained ep- Podcast Episode 2. We have our first guest, Kyle Flickinger, a.k.a. Flick. He is a fellow UNI graduate, uh, current firefighter in Urbandale, uh, former regional competitor. Were you a three, three-time regional competitor? Yep. Right? First man to complete the chipper in 2014, which is pretty awesome. We can talk about that later. But uh, my former roommate as well. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Casper Building Services, LLC. Uh, yeah, this episode two is brought to you by Casper Building Services, LLC. It's my brother, owner, Lucas Casper. His contact information is 319-530-2435. Give him a follow on Facebook and at Instagram. Handle is Casper Building Services, LLC. Check, check his reviews. Give him a follow. All right, so... Flick, um, you started out Kilo way back in the day. Was that 2012? 2011. So, yeah. It was 2011. Really late 2011. Yeah. So, um, I know that you used to be into rock climbing mm. way then. So, how did you find out about CrossFit? Um, long story short, the gym I was at uh, kind of had some sketchy stuff going on. It was closing, so I needed a place to work out. And I had a, a friend named Shane Fuller who was doing CrossFit for a while, and he talked to me about it a few times. He's like, dude, I think he'd be good at this. I'm like, whatever. I just want to lift weights. And uh, so I was like, I didn't go for the longest time. I was like, I made up excuses because he kept asking me to go to, like, the the freebies or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I drove by. I remember going by Kilo over on Viking and thinking it was, like, some, like, uh, guild type thing I was like that's like <laughs> super athletic gifted people I don't belong there like it just like I like legitimately that was my perspective back then and uh then one day he asked me it was a Saturday I didn't have an excuse I was like all right I'll go I'll go check it out so went with him I remember the workout had wall balls and GHDs and running and some other stuff in it and it was like it was fun it, you know it was a nice little burn but I remember getting done and I was like all right dude I'm gonna go hit some shoulders and I actually like I went back over to the other gym that hadn't closed yet, and I did like a shoulder workout because I was too stuck in the, like the bro mindset. But yeah. it was just that that little taste right there. It kind of kept me, you know, it got me curious, and I found that I wanted to to learn more about it. So um, my other gym closed, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try Kilo out and see what this is all about. And I remember just thinking like, man, there's no machines here. It's, it's just barbells and free weights. Like, what mm-hmm. am I gonna do? How am I gonna do my leg extensions? And, <laughs> you know, all that other stuff and. I mean, come to find out, you don't need it, and I mean, gosh, there's there's way more I could expand on as far as like how long it took me to actually start doing legitimate CrossFit because yeah. that was like a month, few month process. Mm-hmm. But once I once I got into it, I knew there's no turning back. So well, and you graduated with an exercise science degree. So did you already have that going on before you went to the gym? Like, what was your plan with that? Yeah, so I don't know if I actually had a plan. I was just kind of going to school and making sure my grades are all right. And I was like, yeah, I'll figure that stuff out later. But um, getting involved with the gym definitely changed that for me because it kind of, it introduced me one to like true functional fitness and like understanding body mechanics and how all that kind of stuff works. Um, Especially like with Armin, because, you know, he has a lot of knowledge in that area. Mm -hmm. He studied that in college and I think he has a master's in it. Yeah, he does. And uh, so, I mean, just observing him, being around the gym and watching him coach people, taught me a ton and then that kind of like showed me how to transition it from what I was learning in school to actually like applying it and like working with it and being able to coach people so um after a few months of being at the gym I approached him I needed to do like a 
kind of an internship type thing, like a field experience. And he said that the gym offered that. And mm -hmm. so I got my foot in the door that way and started coaching a little bit. Yeah. I remember seeing Flick at the WRC climbing that rock wall. And I uh, would always look around and kind of size myself up against everybody else in the WRC. And there was only one guy I can remember that was like, you know, this guy is definitely fitter than I am. <laughs> and uh, he was climbing the rock wall, doing the, the famous, the crack. Do you remember the crack on the oh, rock wall the at crack. the WRC? <laughs> yeah. And I would just see Flick go up and down that thing like four or five times in a matter of 10, 15 minutes, like it was nothing. And I went down there one time and I tried it. Couldn't even get halfway up the wall. And I'm like, geez, this guy's really got it. And then a couple of years later after, uh, well, actually it was one year after graduation, when I uh, when I went down to the chamber and, and uh, found Cross of Kilo, pulled in for the first workout ever there for, for me, I saw Kyle Flickinger on the jerk blocks uh, with Mitch Smith. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's that guy who's on the <laughs> rock wall just going up and down. He's killing it here, too. So He's everywhere. Flick was definitely somebody I wanted to be like uh, when, when I was at the WRC, just in college training. So when, when did you find out you had an engine? Because I know you weren't a runner in high school, were you? No, I yeah. wasn't. And then I everyone, played baseball. Yeah, I was a yeah, baseball player. It was like oh. the exact opposite. Yeah, and then we come to find out you got an elite engine, and it wasn't a kilo competition where you ran a 5K for the first time. Yeah, it was like the first, I don't even remember what it was called. but it basically Was it the Winter like, Open or something? Yeah, like and that? it was like oh, essentially nice. turned into the field of teams. Yeah. But what year was that? 2012. Oh, still think, early. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like late 2012. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, they had a 5K program in that workout. I remember the, the thing started with an actual, like, Olympic weightlifting style, like, meat type deal, you know? Like, mm -hmm. we had three attempts at snatch and cleaning jerk, and I totally sucked. <laughs> and uh, it, was, <laughs> it was terrible, but I was like, all right, we got a 5K coming up. I'm going to see if I can make up for it in that. And uh, at the start of it, like, everybody kind of ran for, like, this little bridge, so it narrowed up. And, like, you had to get ahead of the pack if you wanted to be near the front so I just kind of went for it you know I like full-on sprint at the start and I was like man this is gonna be bad but then like it just kind of tapered off and I was like wow I can run <laughs> I found what'd what you, I can do what'd you run that in do you remember oh low 18 oh wow. first first <laughs> that's 5k impressive. that's awesome low 18 so, and did you get into com the competitors training like immediately after starting was it a few months um after starting CrossFit yeah at the gym no it was it was that summer. It was summer 2012, so they started doing the super squat program. Yeah, 20 rep? And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. A lot, a lot of kill members have done that terrible, one. Terrible, but such a fun memory. <laughs> okay. So. so, you've been to regionals three times. What are yeah. some of your uh, favorite training memories or competition memories? Training memories? Oh, gosh. I'd have to say the overnight. Overnight. Yes. Training. I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. We all got to do a workout with Flick. That was... We've all experienced. Yeah. So, for some background... Flick made it to regionals as an individual in 2014, which was a huge deal because was it Armin was the last Armin and Charlie the last one to compete at regionals before that, in right? Individual 11, yeah. And then it was team, team, team stuff. Flick made individuals, which was a huge deal. So we had two teams going to regionals with you that year, yeah. And we for our kind of big night of training before regionals, Armin had us show up at what 10 o'clock, probably. Yep. 10 o'clock. Yeah. And Flick had seven events for regionals, and we went for probably four hours. Or it was so. four to five hours. Four to five hours, and 
team members, we would be outside just crushing ourselves in the wet rain prairie outside the, the uh, yeah, we were in the back the of the gym. gym. We were flipping, uh, we were flipping telephone poles, carrying we each other. Teams telephone. workout, team workouts. So we were doing, oh man, I, I remember like it was last night. We were doing buddy carries, yep. telephone flips. We would do we would do team we synchro like burpees. And stuff. I remember we went to a thousand burpees, but we counted them by sixes. We were in our teams of six. Yep. And then we counted by sixes all the way to a thousand. And then every well, 20, 30 minutes or so, one of us would rotate inside yep. to do a different workout with Flick, just kind of for us to give him a push. So I think he wow. did. You do the chipper, Luke? I think I did the handstand walk, which I could barely. Oh, walk. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did the snatch. I did the easiest walk. one, yeah. the easiest, shortest one. So I was outside for the rest of the night, like three hours yeah. straight. Oh man, I remember doing the front squat, handstand yeah, push up, burpee one with Flick, and but yeah, it was it was cold, it was wet and rainy, and. So his his level of fitness at that time was above your guys's by quite a bit. By far, Flick was. I don't think so. Well, he was a he was an incredible deadlifter, which showed out at regionals too. But that was the year with the there was a deadlift ladder in the open. Yeah, because my back was deadlift box jumps. That was the only reason. That was was my saving grace. Yeah, it was. Flick killed that workout in the open. But that night. Flick did all seven regional events in a matter of four hours while we all were outside and would come in and push him. And um, I think that that was kind of the epitome of what Kilo trained is, mm-hmm. was, and is. You know, uh, maybe it didn't necessarily get him better at those workouts physically, but I think it had a huge mental advantage, you know, when you're tired going oh. to that second, third event. Absolutely. And first off, I will say you guys had it way worse that night. There is no question about it besides, like, it was seriously cold and rainy, and you were stuck drenched yeah. out there. Like, I mean, especially, you probably had it worse than anybody. Yeah. I got I had the two-minute yeah, workout. Yeah, you had the workouts. I just meant you were outside more yeah. for more yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> you know, everybody's talking about, like, dude, you had to do the entire regional weekend in one night. You know, like, it's such a big yeah. deal. I'm like, man, all my my people at the gym, my teammates and whatnot, they – like you don't even know what they had to do. Yeah. But yeah, so that kind of stuff I I think probably the biggest focus at Kilo has been mental toughness. Yeah, pretty much. Like it ultimately comes down to that is just being able to suck it up and go. And I think that's what uh is one of the most important important parts of competing. You know, mm-hmm. like it's going to hurt, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you got to be willing to accept it mm-hmm. and just ignore it and push past it. And so Armin was already or he's always pretty, you know, honest about just being able to do that. And so, like that night for me, when doing all those workouts, when I was you know exhausted, I hadn't slept. Like I didn't take a nap or anything before that, so I was tired going into it. But I was able to get through them. Um, and so going into the weekend, it showed me I was like, all right, no matter what, I know I can do these workouts. Yeah, exactly. You know, regardless of how it goes, like I can push it and I'll be fine. What was your best finish of event that year in 2014 at regionals? That was that chipper, the yeah. 50s chipper. Um, what place did you get? Second. Did well, you really? Okay. That, I, I was going to say, that that's my favorite competition memory of you because <sighs> I think that was, we were probably the second weekend and I, I think, think yeah, we sec, were, we second were weekend, second. no one had finished that workout the first up, weekend. Up until that up point. Until that point cool. The East or whatever had done the workout as well, our weekend, had no one had finished it. Flick pulls out and you did like 50 extra wall balls. Yeah, because I kept getting no So what was the workout my, for the people that don't know it? Do so remember? it began with a 50 cal row. You might have to help me with this. Went to 50 box jump overs. And then deadlifts, um, right? 50, 50 deadlifts. deadlifts. 
50 wall walls, walls and then 50 ring divs, and then you went back, back through down. the other four movements. Yeah, back and you got norepped a lot on the wall ball the depth, wall right? Yep. And you still managed to finish. And I think like it was just so cool seeing you finish that workout. Because that was kind of when CrossFit was starting to get big at regionals where the crowds were getting pretty big, especially on, yeah. I think that was probably Saturday, too. I know it was. It was. Yeah, was it was day two. That. I mean, the, that, like, he had the whole crowd amped up. Yeah, it was, was, it was awesome. a Saturday or Sunday. I know that wasn't a Friday workout because I remember the state the stadium was packed and yeah. Flick was getting close to finishing and he had the crowd behind him and I remember that part. It was a PA Sunday guy. Was, it was a Sunday yeah, morning. Okay. Too. I bet the PA guy was on your side too. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember, yeah. honestly. That uh, that last row was the Miserable. most pain yeah. that I have ever but then, like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was, it was awesome Just cranking the row. Like, the big thing for Kilo <laughs> trained has always been never lay down because Armin would always uh, emphasize, you know, when you finish... You might be hurting, but if you can get off the rower, you can finish your movement or whatever and go and stand on the finish line while everyone else is laying down after the workout, whether they beat you or not, like that's just a mental edge that it's oh, like, yeah. this guy, how is he standing up after you exactly. finish? Exactly. Because the big thing for me, I like for laying down is like, yeah, I was going max effort, but I was literally working seconds ago. Mm. Why do, what's like, you don't yeah, need, what changes you don't need to, you to, lay have to lay down. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. yeah. That's so it's just awesome seeing you finish. Everyone's like passed out on the floor while you're standing there finished with no one else finishing. And I don't think the guy in the heat after would have finished if you hadn't finished because you like showed it was possible. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, probably. But I mean, that, that was Bobby Noyce and everybody yeah. knew he had a crazy engine. So Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm sure he's you know, plenty capable regardless. But yeah, I, I remember watching that and I was like, man, that sucks. So you're the first oh, one to finish that. He was yeah. the first one. That's finish, awesome. Which is cool. Um, yeah. He flicked him. You flicked him. <laughs> I, I, got, yeah, I got flicked by Bobby. Speaking of which, but, let's let's go over the origin of flicked. Because we still use it at our gym today. All the time. Nobody <laughs> knows what it means, but like a select six or seven people. Yeah. Yep. We have to uh, we have to play games with one another. So I remember this was when uh, Wyatt was still at the gym. Um, and Wyatt, bigger, stronger, more powerful athlete than all four of us, I would say. And uh there was a bike workout, and he. Well, actually, no, I've got this backwards. I think I did. Luke it first. did the bike workout first. And lied about my score. Yep, wrote up a <laughs> slower time on the uh, whiteboard. Why it came in, gave it a peak, and I don't think he beat you. I think you. Got I think him. he still did. He still he beat still you. Did. Oh, yeah, man. that's his moment of glory for himself. But. Well, yeah. So we have we have to do that now, just to kind of mess with each other. And yeah. Just to prepare of. Uh, not being flicked. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Luke did the exact same thing to me. Oh, a few months ago. No, it was a month before Central Regional Train. I uh, came <laughs> in and did a assault bike deadlift wad. And he gave me a score that he hit within a 20-minute AMRAP. And oh, yeah. <laughs> he told me, he asked me what I got. And I said, like, 315. He's like, I got 316. And then there was a second part to the workout, like a two-minute rest right into another workout. I was. Oh, was that the I was just step up overs? Yes. Yeah, I was I just. That. I got like <laughs> one round in twenty minutes in the next, but I was just like so mad. And then he told me that yeah, I got him by quite a bit. But I tried to do that too this week. I don't even think you looked the whiteboard, did you? I wrote four twenty three down. You still beat me. Yeah, I know. I just. Do you think it was because of that? Did you look at the whiteboard thinking, All right, I I know I'm gonna get something. No, I could have got much faster. Word. But the origin of this, I believe, Charlie Donahue from. Uh, across a kilo used to work out in the morning all the time because he's a firefighter as well and he would all, he was kind of the what, what's the word I want to say like he was he was the standard 
for what you would walk in. You're like, all right, that's a good score. Where are the, the good day. scores at? Yeah, yeah, exactly. At. When all the competitors would aim at. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So he would get so mad because Flick would come in and beat him by, you know, just a couple reps or a few seconds. Yeah. You <laughs> used to look at the whiteboard a lot, didn't you, Flick, yeah. back in the day? I, yeah. Yeah, Nothing you wrong did. With it. Back then, yeah. Hey, he'd win a lot of workouts. So yeah. I think, I don't know who started that. Probably Armin or... It was probably Charlie. Or well, or Charlie between or those yeah. two. But yeah, so we still use that to this day. I mean, honestly, with Armin, though, too, like when I first started, I wanted to be like Armin, you know? So yeah. if he had a score, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and beat that yeah. legitimately, you know, and not to like, you know, make a hit on him or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just, I want to be good. Something and to chase. Like, you know, exactly. it was never anything personal. No. You know? I mean, it might yeah. be now. And, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like uh, those those first workouts that, someone will post or their scores, it kind of gives you what's possible and then you can try to beat that as well. Yeah. Like, otherwise, if you don't know your score, you're like, oh, I went pretty hard and then someone else shows up and crushes you. Like, even on 20.1, Froning and Panchik did it in like nine and a half or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, maybe someone will go sub nine. That'll be a great score. And then guys are going eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. What's up? It really is. People can keep being standard set. So, I, like, yeah, it is funny, but it definitely does help. Like, especially on those days where you come in, you're not very motivated. You can check out someone's time and just help give you a push. It's not necessarily like, all right, I just need to beat this guy because I don't like him or something like that. You know? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And before we move on to the next part, what'd you get on 20.2 and then Luke? What yeah. did you get on 20.2? The reverse. It was a reverse flick. Could have flicked Luke. <laughs> I could have. So Tell I, our listeners what you got. Did yeah, you know his score so, before you started? No, I did no, not. I didn't ask purposely because I was like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen with this workout. I didn't have like you were cooking. a strategy. I was like, I'm just going to go and hopefully keep going. So um, I got 451, came up to Luke after the workout, asked to score, and he got 453. Which is twenty eight rounds plus three thrusters for three him, thrusters one for thruster yeah, for me, one yeah, for yeah. Flick. So it was really. I, tight. I'm not sure if the reps on that are correct, but what four fifty three? Yeah, it's like nine hundred. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, nine fifty five and nine fifty three. I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah, I don't know if that's quite math. <laughs> I don't know where four came from. Yeah. I mean, a four kind of works like a nine, right? Actually. Yeah, yeah. That's because all other open workouts are like three or four hundred reps usually. Yeah, I ended up going up to Flick after that, and I said, hey. Had you known his rep count, would you have beat him? He's like, you know, I think I would have. Definitely would have. <laughs> he would have flaked me for sure. Probably, yeah. I don't um, think I could avoid it. Yeah, so I think one of the one of the big things we're going to talk about today is that you've kind of moved on from trying to compete at a high level, I guess. Yeah. So even though you weren't necessarily making money off of it or anything like that, you did invest a lot of time and effort sacrificing other things, you know, to, to compete. So... How, what has it been like um, moving on from that? Do you feel like you've, you're missing out ever, or are you able to? Um, I I don't know. I mean, maybe a little bit missing out, you know. And there, there's obviously a lot of me that misses it too. Mm-hmm. Um, most of that comes with the people who I did it with, you know, which a lot of those people have also moved on as well. So that kind of yeah. like makes it easier for me. But like, I come back around you guys who are still very competitive, and it like puts that drive back in me to like yeah. want to like push it and be good at stuff and. Um, so, you know, not being around that, it kind of takes my mind off of it and I don't think about it too much, but I will say like at first, like when I first kind of started getting out of it, it was hard cause I was, you know, like I was worried like, man, I'm going to get less fit. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. good at things. I'm not going to be able to do stuff that I did before, you know, and what it comes down to is that's simply not true. 
um, if you are active and you still do the stuff that you did before, you know, like maybe not at the same intensity, but you just, you stay adamant about being consistent with things and working on things like you're going to maintain. Yeah. And you'll, you know, you'll come to find out you'll have random days where it's like, yeah, I want to push it today. And then you'll just randomly PR something. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I wasn't even trying to do that, you know? And so it just shows, I guess, kind of the value of relaxing a little bit, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and still having like that foundation of a competitive mindset, but just letting it kind of be at ease. And uh, not letting it stress you out because I think our minds, our own minds are like our worst competitor, really. Yeah. You know, like we can psych ourselves out of so many things, but when you just kind of forget about it and you're like, I'm working out to work out, to feel good, to stay fit, like it's amazing what our bodies can do. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about this this morning, actually, about before you did, or after you did 20.2, where like, especially like the competitive athletes that are trying to make it to the games to the open, you know, they're so stressed out about this workout that they probably do themselves a disservice by um, worrying so much about it. They probably do worse on the workout. Whereas like funny enough, you literally drove from Des Moines this morning, walked in and started 20.2, like 10 minutes late. Yeah, bro. You killed that. You killed it. I I was in the middle of my third round. And I asked what you got, and I about pooped myself. You <laughs> killed that workout, man. Yeah, how many rounds were in the workout you were supposed to be doing, Micah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going there. Well, we will. Luke, yeah. can, you were coaching that class, Luke, so can you tell us yeah, the workout so of the day? Today's workout was oh, four rounds, 800-meter run, 30 strict pull-ups, 50 hand-release push-ups, 100 air squats, with a vest. For, for our, our experts. For competitors, yeah. Yeah. For competitors. It's about 42 minutes in. I look over. Mike is chilling on the bench. He finished three rounds. He was good. <laughs> Off the war path. I was uh, in the middle of my push-ups, and I had started. I was already capped at that point, but I remember his wife, Natalie, was finishing up her air squats and yelling over at Mike, hey, Mike, are you ready to run and start round four? And Mike just was kind of mumbling, I'm, I'm done. I'm mad. Natalie walked over. Hey, are we going to run or not? Nah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, three rounds is enough. And he uh, he woke up early, picked up the lumber, and then uh, put it back down. He put it back down. He didn't. He didn't want to build all went, day. He went back inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to comment on any of this. It's all right. It's okay. You, can, you, can you know, I'll go. I'll piggyback you. off of what Flick said, though. Um, you guys can use it as an example. What Luke and Austin just talked about with that workout. I was sore this morning, and I really did listen to my body so I can come back fresh for a good week of training coming up before point three this next week. <laughs> now, me two, three years ago, I'm not going to have that same mindset that I have now. I'm a little bit older. I'm not that old. I'm 31, but I do listen to my body for sure a lot more now than I did two years ago. Uh, I try to recover the best as I possibly can. It's the best my knees have felt in years. Listen to my body. I never used to listen to my body. I used to just crush myself, uh, Mac Weirdest style, just <laughs> bury myself in training. And I just, if I'm going to compete two or three months out, I will to get that edge. Whether it's going to be for like a qualifier or going into the comp, I will bury myself three days a week and hit the intensity high and get in game mode. But I mean, I'm out of season right now. Um, I told Luke, I'm going to try and qualify for the NorCal classic. Austin knows that, uh, to go out to Cali, see my boy Wyatt. 
about January-ish, I'm gonna start hitting it hard. Right now, I'm maintaining my fitness. Uh, I'm just doing my best to get in, have fun, not worry about it. I'm still gonna continue to beat Austin in the Open every week, which I have done. The point two is an asterisk, though. So yeah, he did it with the 55 pound dumbbells, which is really impressive. And I only got him by six reps, but so that's a win's now. a win, that's baby. That's no. no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you do the math on how much work he did. That is true. Actually. And, and Frank and I did talk about that. There is a difference if if you think about that 10 pounds will throughout a 20-minute workout. Yeah. He would have got me. Yep. Anyway, uh, what we're trying to get back on uh, track. Like, I think, um, like we were talking about uh, earlier, you know, you just came in stress-free and able to smash that workout, whereas maybe a couple years ago, you're so worried about trying to make it to regionals where you psych yourself out and maybe do a little bit worse if if you start to feel um, like more tired earlier than you think you should or uh, the score's not going the way you want it to, whereas now you're stress-free. You know, if it doesn't go the way you want to, you know, you're like, oh, whatever, and you just keep pushing, you know? Right. Yeah, and uh, I think kind of knowing that I'm just doing it once too. Yeah. You know, like there, I think that's important. A lot of that's people awesome feeling. <laughs> walk in planning to do the workout more than once. Yeah. You know, and I everybody trains differently, everybody competes differently, but I don't really understand why you would attempt a workout planning to not give it everything you got mm-hmm. in that moment. You're thinking like, oh, you know, I'll just fill it out here and suffer for twenty minutes and then repeat it. Try again. to redo it, yeah. So, I mean, it works for some people, and, like, in some cases, like, if it doesn't go as planned, if you got another chance, why not take it? Especially in something like the Open, if you're being competitive, but it just, I don't know, it seems like a waste of time, a waste of a day of, like, training for some people, Mm -hmm. you know? Especially if you're dedicating two or maybe even three days to one workout. Yeah. Um, And especially with regionals being gone, like, practicing workouts isn't nearly as important anymore. Yeah. Because regionals, we would get the workouts a month before, and Arm would just have us hammer workouts over and over and over to where we weren't like even, I would say we weren't really fit anymore. We were just specifically trained for regionals, which, which is, is what, you, is what you had to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what you had to do for them. But now, you show up at a sanctional, um, which has replaced regionals, and most of the time, you don't know all the workouts, or you get them a week before, so you don't get to practice. So, mm-hmm. if you're always, if you can't put out your best effort for that first open workout, how do you know how to put out your best effort when you do the sanctional workout for the first time? Right. So that's that's kind of how I attack and, those workouts. I mean, what do we train for year round? You know, exactly. like by doing constantly varied functional movements. You know, we're training our bodies to be ready for anything at any point. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, that means you should be ready at any point regardless of how you feel and what the workout is to give it your hundred percent. And that's how, I mean, that's kind of the profession you're in now as a, mm-hmm. as a firefighter and paramedic, you gotta, you don't get any redos. Right. Yeah. You definitely don't. You don't get warm ups. You don't get little breaks. You know, sometimes you don't get to go take a drink of water before you have to <laughs> go back into a house that's on fire and you might not feel, <laughs> you might not feel the best, uh, but you got to do it, you know? And I mean, Adrenaline obviously helps a lot with that, but at a certain point, your body can only put out so much adrenaline, and then you're just kind of running on fumes. And mm. you know, you got to know how to cope with that and still be able to work. So, who are some of the influences you to become a firefighter? Specifically, Charlie Donahue, who we mentioned earlier, and Ian Wass. Yeah, I will say, and we they had currently do that right now. Yes, they, they do. do. Mm-hmm. They both work for Waterloo Fire, and that was where I began my career. And 
definitely. So they kind of those. paved the way a little bit. You yeah, because yeah. you, after you graduated, you worked at, uh, what was it called again? Yeah, I abbreviated CBCSS. Yeah, it's I know it's kind of a... Agency, a, I worked with people who had mental handicaps, physical mm-hmm. disabilities, and basically just provided care and assistance as needed. Yeah, and that was just kind of a transition period trying to figure out what, I was what you want to do. Yeah, But also more focusing, I was like, okay, I've got time now to like train, train and compete yeah. hard. That was kind yeah. of when I did it, you yeah. know. I was younger yeah. then and could afford to do that. So, so, did you ever think you'd be a firefighter? I, no, not really. I mean, yeah. kind of like a little bit, I think, may have like considered it, but um, it was kind of once I, you know, considered it a true possibility, I was like, man, why did I not ever think of this before, you know? But yeah, growing up, it wasn't like it was like a childhood dream or anything. I wanted to be a baseball player. When I was a kid, I played baseball my whole life, and when I realized that wasn't going to happen, I was like, oh no, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's a good lesson for, um, like we have a lot of college kids that go to Kilo 2 that you don't necessarily, including Austin, um, you don't necessarily have to use your major for your profession. Right. Like, you were exercise science, you're a firefighter now, Austin was teaching, history teaching, mm-hmm. he owns a gym now. <laughs> yeah. So, me and Mike are kind of the only ones that are using our major and I mean obviously you don't necessarily need to go to college if if that's not the path that's you're led on but mm-hmm. college is a great way to to get contacts and get to know people and oh yeah but like if you hadn't gone to UNI you never would have met Charlie and you probably wouldn't be a firefighter exactly I don't regret one bit uh, going to school and you know getting a bachelor and something that I mean even if I'm not really using it right now like it's still like he said paved the way for that and then a roundabout way led to what I do now yeah exactly and uh, that's just how life works a lot of the time, you know? And so, kind of an expensive roundabout, but yeah. that's all right. Yeah. It's worth Happy it. Happy now, though. Yeah, a lot of people absolutely. end up in a different career um, compared to, like, what they went to college for. Yeah. And uh, But that doesn't mean they're still not using a lot of the skills that they learned in the classrooms and exactly. field experience, internships, stuff like that. So, they're still taking bits and pieces of that degree with them down the road, which which is in the end, most important. So like, like we said, you've moved on from a uh, high level competitive CrossFit for the most part and into focusing on firefighting. So how's your, how's your training changed um, from, from high level to training for your job? It's a matter of priorities really. And that, that kind of also helped with the transition from being a competitor to doing it more relaxed and just to stay fit and be able to do things. Cause I was like, all right, I have, other things that I consider more important now to focus on, you know, being the job and being ready to perform for that. So with training now, um, I kind of have to take it day to day and really listen to my body because sometimes we work 24 hour shifts. So we have a a 24 hour on shift and we have 48 hours off. So uh, it's an awesome schedule, but it doesn't change the fact that if you go and work for 24 hours and you have a busy night, you don't sleep at all. Like you still feel like crap the next day. And it's knowing how to manage that, which that's different for everybody. Um, I found that what works for me best is just getting a workout in right away. You know, if I go home and take a nap, I'm kind of tapped out. No matter how long it is, like, I don't want to wake up and do anything. But if I just suck it up and go and work out and then stay busy, like, I found that I'll be fine. You know, I'll I'll recover the next night and sleep. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, probably not the the healthiest way by definition to go about it, but it works for me, you know. And, um... 
I mean, quick sidetrack. I think a lot of times we try to make things too black and white, like textbook, like this is what, you know, science and research is showing our bodies yeah. need, you know, and we try to paint the same picture for everybody when everybody is totally different. Yeah. That's a way. great way of putting it. There's just so much gray area in there and you're going to fit into a, your own spot. So yeah. like your, like your nutrition is probably different from other firefighters on your, on your right. team and just what you eat, when you eat. I would never recommend the things I do to anybody. <laughs> the way that well, the way that I eat, the way that I train, and I think, it works I, for me. I think one of the big things for you is you rarely stress about that. Yeah. Now, anyway, like I'm sure back in the day, you stress a little bit about it, but like if you do eat something bad, if you don't stress about it, it's not going to affect you negatively nearly as negatively as if you do stress about it. You know, oh, if you just absolutely. Move on from that, or if if you miss a workout. It's not going to mess with you nearly as bad if you don't stress about it. But if you stress all day about it, it's going to, you know, your hormones are... Yeah, it eats you up. There are so many things, like I couldn't even tell you the science behind it, but so many things that just get released, chemicals and hormones and whatnot in our body, and it has detrimental effects just, Mm -hmm. just because of the thoughts that we have. And if we allow, like, anxiety over silly things to take over, you're going to see your health decrease, your performance, everything. Yeah, that guilt, that, oh, I forgot to work out guilt, or I had a dessert guilt... I mean, you're, right. Yeah. You're better right. off enjoying it, moving on mm-hmm. and then getting after it the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, moderation of everything yeah, and exactly. like being controlled still, but like you gotta, you gotta find that happy medium of being controlled and being able to relax at the same time. Did any of you three, uh, battle that early going on with CrossFit? I did a Wait, lot. Yes. I, I got like... it. I, yeah. And I feel like sometimes, uh, beginning crossfitters that are aspiring to either just be fit and make goals or, <laughs> yeah, or like, be uh, fit and compete. Right now. Um, he, hey, it's, it's, it's one of those cases, you know, as a new crossfitter, I mean, Luke and Flick can share their story, but I remember if I didn't do the workout exactly as prescribed, I felt like I was falling behind. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, now I can look, Hey, you know, I was in there, I was training, I was taking steps forward towards my goal. Um, but you know, as a younger athlete, it just seemed like if I didn't do exactly what was on that whiteboard, oh man, Luke and Flick or Armin, Charlie, whoever it was, you know, I'm trying to match up with, oh man, they're going to get a, a head step on me and I'm, I'm doing it wrong. And so that, that was definitely stressful when at the end of the day, it, it's easy to change something and, and really you're going to get a similar result. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I used to, I mean, if I didn't get everything done. Everything done. Off, it was like, like oh, man, I'm just not going to get. It was uh, stressful. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, that fear that if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yep. You yeah. know, and like, yeah, obviously, if you're not doing everything, you're not getting better, right? Yeah, which not I'm sure cool. just that stress was way more detrimental than actually missing a small piece. Like, I didn't do the tota bar accessory work that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My tota bar aren't going to be as good as they should be. Like, it's right. not right. that big of a deal. Because we do everything else enough that they, it can apply to other mm. movements. So and that just comes back to just the consistency you you take with things. If if you miss it that one time, okay, no big deal. Move on to the next day. Now, if you let things become a bad habit, like yeah, I don't need to do part B and C, and it Everybody, that's a day to day thing, then you're going to notice some regression um, in comparisons to you know staying on the path. Right. Which, I mean, I think. If somebody aspires to be competitive and wants to get better, that that shouldn't be an issue, you know. But I mean, if you are doing that kind of stuff and you're wondering why you're not getting better, that's probably why. Yeah. Same know? can be said for nutrition too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, you know, wants to enjoy their 
their dessert or their whatever, you know, if it's pizza night or, you know, we're going to have a beer, but when you let those things compound, that's when bad things can start yeah, to I think, yeah. build up. It's, it's hard because we like, as a lot of people that do CrossFit or like trying to stay healthy, usually family and f- other friends outside the gym do not understand what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. whether it's competitive or not, just a healthy lifestyle yeah. of, I, I need to say no to this pizza or this ice cream because I'm not trying to do that every single night of the week. Right. Yeah, maybe once. But if, if you're always saying yes, then you're going to end up just like that. Yeah. yeah. And it always seems like there's something to celebrate, whether it's somebody's birthday or, you know, it, it seems like every weekend somebody's got something to celebrate or throughout the week. And, you know, there's so many occasions that, oh, yeah, or are we going out and drinking? Are we having, you know, this to eat? And, and sometimes saying no isn't a bad thing. Like, you got to remember your goals and yeah. doing what's right for you. Yeah, knowing when to do it, too. Because, I mean, sometimes yeah. you got to say yes to, yeah. you know, enjoy it. Like we said earlier, don't be afraid to let loose a little bit mm-hmm. and relax and enjoy those times. Because I think, like, constantly saying no is going to just it's going to have negative health effects on you too. Like mentally, you know, like it, we're social beings mm-hmm. and we want to be around other people doing fun things and enjoying things. And if you constantly withhold, you're just going to hurt yourself in the end. So you just moved to Des Moines. Yes. How, how's the transition been going? Uh, it's been awesome. Really. Um, I had a lot of traveling between there and Waterloo over the last year. And, uh, I knew this would be happening. Due to? Oh, due to my woman who I want to be with. Who's that? Autumn Reps. Maybe she'll be listening to this. But, um, yeah, so now we're finally living in the same city, and it's been amazing. Um, Obviously, like, just because we don't have to drive two hours now to see each other and hang out, we're with each other all the time. So that's been So since you moved, um, I remember you were doing a bunch of remodeling on, like, the house you had in Waterloo, right? Yeah. Did you get that sold? Yeah, I did. Awesome. I did. And uh, he showed me some pictures on his phone. Oh, it's incredible. The the basement turned out very well. Flick is a very self, very well self taught carpenter. Uh, I can definitely appreciate that. A lot of the work he's done that I've seen on Instagram. Go give him a follow, by the way. What is your handle? I am Flick. I am Flick. Yep, go give him a follow. Go (laughs) check out some of the photos that he's posted on some of the Carpentry Pop projects, but they look amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Well, thank you. Casper Methods. means a lot, yeah. Yeah, You and I, we could be business partners in 10 years. (laughs) Hopefully. Who's going to move where, though? Uh, we, I can't uh, promise. In I'll a decade, you. we'll talk in a decade. I feel <laughs> like it's a it's a ten year plan. Yeah. Okay. So. We'll worry about it in ten years. Yeah. And then we'll make another. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Plan. All right. So, uh, where do you currently train now? And out out in uh, the Des Moines area. Uh, CrossFit eighty thirty five. Uh, it's a gym located downtown Des Moines. Uh, Luke Ryland, who is also a pretty well known competitor. Good He's dude. Been, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Awesome He's an awesome guy. guy. Uh, regionals and did they go to the games? They've been close as a team. I don't think. Ooh. I can't remember I if. So. Well, I'm not sure. As a team, they. I don't think they did recently. They were. They were right there, like sixth or seventh in 2018. I know. Yeah. yeah. They, they when we were there. Really? Um, yeah. Now that Luke close. Ryland was. Uh, he was, he was an individual, individual regional, right? Yeah, he was always at the top of the region. Mm-hmm. I don't I know remember. if he's made it to the games though or not. I. I just don't know of his history that well. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, just but, check out YouTube and you can comment. 
Right. Underneath there. If, bottom line, if we got that wrong. Forest, <laughs> bottom line, he's super fit, and he's, yeah. a, he's a really cool guy. So working out at his gym now, and that's been sweet. You know, I know there's a decent amount of people, actually, who were at Kilo before and moved to Des Moines, and they work out there now, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some familiar faces there. And then, I mean, I've known Luke because of competing for years now. So uh, pretty easy transition. Uh, Switching gyms. I mean, I love Kilo. That's forever going to be my home. That's where it all started, but um, it's good now still. Well, I think that's that's about it. Any other any other questions for Kyle Flickinger? No. Yeah. So, um, do you have any uh, any plans, future goals, um, from now, like getting a house, getting out of an apartment? Oh yeah. I mean, that's going to be kind of when it's right financially between yeah. Autumn and I. You know, we've talked about that plenty, but we're not in any hurry right now. Uh, so we'll just see, like yeah. I said, when the time is right, when finances feel right, and uh, definitely looking forward to that. So yeah. um, otherwise, outside of that, goals obviously just as far as fitness goes to stay fit, uh, maintain my health. And, I mean, luckily, she does CrossFit too, and yeah. she's, she's better than I am. Without a doubt, but so uh, I had to say that we we pushed each other. I didn't have to say it; I wanted to say it. You guys, you guys both competed at the session, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too, so I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. That was fun uh, being able to compete myself and then still cheer her on. Yeah, I think honestly, I was way more nervous anytime that her team went. You know, watching them, like man, I just want them to do good at this because they were you know in contention for a top spot. And mm-hmm. so they did well; was, they got second. Yeah, they did. They crushed it. So it's super exciting to watch, but. Yeah. So, yeah, did, did she have? Wasn't her teammates from Kilo, or were they from? Kinda in a way. Okay. Um, Morgan Teal and oh, Reagan yeah. McLaughlin. So mm-hmm. they both worked out at Kilo at one point. Uh, I think due to school for both of them, were yeah. up in the Cedar Valley area for a mm-hmm. while. So. Right on. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. Like, yeah, been friends for a long coming time. Like, pleasure's all mine. Friends for even longer after this. So. Absolutely. Just remember that this podcast was brought to you by Casper Methods Building Services. Or Casper. (laughs) This episode two is brought to you by (laughs) Casper Building Services. Uh, Go check out some of his stuff on uh, Facebook and Instagram. His handle is Casper Building Services, LLC. You can contact him at 319-530-2435. He's a general contractor. Also can take care of any bath. Uh, kitchen remodels, just any do-it-yourself, uh, handyman work that you may need, give them a contact. Also, um, if you haven't already, go and any of the YouTube material, make sure you guys please subscribe, leave comments below, and let us know what you think, or with future episodes, um, you can comment on anything, any questions, people you'd like to see, whatever. Just leave us some feedback too, and if you haven't already or don't know about it, Go follow Kilo Trained Podcast at Kilo Trained Podcast. Thank you. Yep. And if you enjoyed this episode or episode one, please share it with anyone you know that you think would also like this. And Luke, tell them where you, where you can listen as well. Yeah. So we are on Anchor, which will be in our uh, bio of our Instagram, YouTube with uh, Micah Casper, which you can type in Kilo Trained Podcast yeah. to find that. And then we are on Spotify as well. Um, which you can go off of the link in our Instagram too. The link will also be posted on our blog on our CrossFit Kilo 2 website as well. Thank you.